2: what's up what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the millionaire mindsets podcast i am your gracious host xavier sitting here with the wonderful d what's up d what's
3: up zay thank you for introducing me It's gonna be a great day
2: great show great show show. and it's gonna be a great show because we got a great guest we got a great friend of ours and this is our first guest live live in the studio and we like we had we it it had to be her like i said Mm -hmm. we we didn't see her story pretty much from like 2018 so I'm like, let's bring on the show. Her name is Ari. You already know her. She's been, on, she's been on two episodes. She's the founder of Allergy to Hourly. She's a business coach, mindset coach, all that good stuff. So welcome to the show, Ari. What's up?
1: Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, you, you already, you,
2: hey, it was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. But like, you, I, uh, I, I like getting right to it. So for the people this may be their first time seeing you, hearing of you, like who is Ari? Just give a little quick, quick uh, mm-hmm. background on yourself.
1: I'm a business and mindset coach, and I mostly work with black women who have an online service business and help them hit consistent five-figure months, get their business in order. My ultimate goal is to make a million millionaires. Like, that's my big, scary goal, so... That's it. Really, that's what really drives me. When
3: she say that, she means it. She means it. All right, she does everything she says she's gonna do. Yep. She's definitely a woman of her words. So if you don't work with her, you need to work
2: with her. No, seriously, seriously. So that's um, so allergic to hourly. And like I said, this was something I was talking to D about recently. Cause like I said, we've been we've been we, uh, we know each other since like 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. and like seeing your growth the past year, it's literally been insane. <laughs> like it's been crazy. So I'm like, first like. What was the, like, what, is, what was the inspiration behind it?
1: Um, I I was getting really booked out with one-on-one coaching. And so the whole reason why I quit my last business where I was doing, like, project management and launch management was because I was so busy all of the time. Like, crazy hours. And I was making really good money, like, really good profit margin. But it came out of sacrifice of spending time with my son and, like, having control of right. my time. Right. So, like, I kind of figured it out. All right, this is how you make money but is the money worth like my son's memories of me always being behind my laptop or trying to like kind of push him away to go like go be like distracted so mom can't work and stuff and so you know i had to really like take a look at myself and say is this the type of mom you want to be so like there has to be a different way so i left you know the old business and i started doing consulting and one-on-one coaching did the same thing, got super busy with the one-on-one, you know, uh, all my time taken up. And I was like, damn, all right, I got to figure out something else. And I think it's, I'm a big believer in like, when you decide something, when you make the decision, everything conspires to make it happen. So I was like, I'm not doing one-on-one anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. And then my coach popped up, teach me how to put together a group coaching program. I put I, Went all in, like took some income hits to put it right. all together and launched it and it took little, off.
2: It took off. <laughs> it, it took off. It took off. <laughs> yeah, but like, so my thing is, because this is something we recently stopped doing, we stopped doing one on one coaching calls too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to note because a lot of people, like I, when I tell people, I'm like, I'm not doing conversation calls no more. They'd be yeah. like, why? Like, you can make this money. I'm like, it takes up too much of my time. But yeah. what, was it pretty much the same? Like, reason, that was the same reason behind yours?
1: Yeah. Um, I just always had the mindset that, like, my time is worth, let's say, like, $10,000 an hour minimum, right? Mm -hmm. I know in an hour I can some way somehow generate that amount of money or help somebody at least make that amount of money, right, just in that hour. And so doing the consultation calls, like, they were nice. I was helping people, but what I noticed and what bothered me was, like, there was no transformation. Like, they were taking the information, but they weren't, like, doing anything with it, and that bothered me, like, you're paying me money. I'm telling you what to do, but you're not doing it. And so I felt like there was something missing from consults, which led me to one-on-one coaching. And like I love coaching; it's my favorite thing to do. You know, in the business, if I could just coach, you know, I would do that. Um, but I didn't. The one-on-one was just draining me. You know, like I was talking like 20, 30 hours a week of calls. You know, just taking everybody. Like, all right, I got you. I got you. I got you. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I was like, I did this. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I just had to have faith in it's going to work out. Like, you always make something yeah. shake, you never quit. Something's going to come along and work out. And it did, it aligned and it worked and it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So
3: uh, something I want you to dive into because in your earlier statement you said you got a coach. I was just about to say that. Yep, and everybody knows Ari's the go-to coach. Exactly. Coach got a coach. Yeah, the coach got a coach. So can you break that down for us? Like, why did you have to take that route, and why was it beneficial?
1: I, I've since a young age, I always knew like I was gonna be rich. I never had a doubt about it. You know, like. My parents would ask me, What do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, Rich. <laughs> like dog, That was my answer. Rich. <laughs> you know? And so I thought the way that it was going to happen, just because there wasn't any awareness, like this all wasn't really an option when I was young. You know, we didn't really have internet until what? Like, for, and at least in our household, until like 1997, you know? And so, um, I thought I was going to be like a CEO of a company or like a high level executive of a company, but I always knew I'm going to have money. I'm going to make money, like whatever it takes. Um, And so with the group coaching program, it's something that I didn't have any experience in building, facilitating, like holding the container for that. And I'm really big on over delivering with people's money, right? You're going to pay me your hard earned money. I want you to have an amazing experience. Like I want it to be something where you've never had this experience before. And it just raises the bar for what, you know, as like a course, a coaching program. And I did that with like my first course, right? Like it was 20 bucks and I did it that cheap, but I put what I knew, like what a three, $4,000 course was. And I made a low barrier to entry and I had the same, you know, intention with allergic to hourly. I was like, I want it to blow them away um and so my coach just appeared you know i've had coaches before this was my first business coach um but i've like clients i've worked with have always mentored me some way somehow uh with other jobs and things like somehow i was able to work directly with like the business owner and have them mentor me and stuff so i've always you know i've always like had that mentorship and guidance but My business coach popped up and she has like a multi-million dollar business. She's very ethical. She prioritizes DEI. So our values aligned in that way. And I was like, I want to learn from her. She's like, all right, bet. 20K. 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 And I was like, all right, I'll I'll pay 20K for the year to learn how to make hundreds of thousands or to take this to a million dollar company. Mm -hmm. Her results speak for themselves. And I did it. And within two months... I what I think I five times my ROI once I launched.
2: Really? I like, That's crazy. But it,
1: had I done it on my own though, like tried to figure it out, piece it together, I don't think I'd have this program and like be here talking to you about it. I would be Man. overthinking, you know. There's just something different when you put that money in and you like, all right, I'm gonna listen to what you say, I'm gonna right. make sure, I'm gonna do everything like you're telling me to do and it paid off.
2: Wow. It's something that I think that's very important from that because one of my friends, Eugene, he was on the show. Shout out to Eugene. And he told me he paid $20,000. He he's in real estate. He said he paid mm-hmm. $20,000 for a year for a coaching too. And it, it took his stuff to a whole other level. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I think a lot of people, when they talk about spending, especially in a number, when you talk about five figures, maybe even up to six figures, a lot of people like, man, I'm not spending. They just think from a expense mentality, like right. this is going to be another expense. What I'm going to gain from this, they don't see, like, well, this could take you, you live and prove. Like you just said, you probably wouldn't even be where you are in business today if you didn't hire a business yeah. coach.
1: I paid twenty k, and we collected forty two thousand cash. And then once those payment plans paid out, I think it was like around one hundred and sixty thousand that we would have made from that one lunch. Right. So I would have been good the rest of the year yeah, right. had I not opened doors and kept enrolling people and stuff. And so. I never think of it as, like, what am I losing? It's an investment. Like, where – what other industry can you put 20K in and more than double it within two months? Like the bank's not doing the bank that. The bank's not It's going to take know? you
2: 100 lifetimes for the yeah. bank to double your money.
1: And I think I'm fearless when it comes to, like, my investments. Um, as far as, like, coaching, and guidance, programs, it's always my highest expense, except for this year. Team was our highest expense this year, but – Coaching and education was our uh, second highest in expense, and this year already, we've spent like 55000 in coaching, mentorship programs and stuff, and it's more than worth it all the time. Even if I learned one, if I learned just from the systems I learned and like mm-hmm. being in that environment of seeing like how a multimillion-dollar company works, yep. my launch could have flopped and I still would have been happy, you know?
2: But... You want to say
3: something? No, I was just going to say, like, everything you you are saying just brings us back to the point that the highest performers invest in themselves, and they invest in their coaching. And you are, like, living proof of that. Yeah. And I think it's so many, like, different ways that you can do that as far as education and finding, like, different alternatives to make yourself better because you were already really successful before Allergic to Hourly, yeah. but you still made that large investment to take it to the next level. Always. So definitely, like... Yeah
1: commend you that's, for doing that no, that's no. always like yeah. to do it <laughs> I like I like
2: um so like you talk about systems and this is something that as long as I've known you this is something that you've always talked about yeah. so let's talk about for the people that's listening to this and they might not know like what do you mean by like the the systems that million dollar companies have you mind just like going into that for a second that yeah. the average business probably has no clue about
1: Yeah, I feel like when you first get started in business, you're so worried about money and keeping that money. And a lot, like, I've made these mistakes where I was making money and spending it right away. And then my first year of business, I got hit with, like, a $20,000 tax bill. And I was like, oh, all that money isn't mine, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So just, you know, getting hit with that and then realizing, like, all this money isn't my money. Like, it goes to other things first and then me. Um, And so... And I think another mindset when you're first starting is you want to, like... It's really, like, scarcity mindset, right? Like, I want to do everything so I can keep as much money as possible. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, I would have hired... Looking back now, like, I'm seven years in business. So looking back now, I should have hired way sooner. Even now, with this program, I still get, like, a little greedy with it. I <laughs> should have hired way sooner, stretched myself way more. Um, you know, even now, still, my goals are safe. You know, I'm not very... I'm not very risky when it comes to making decisions. Like, a lot of, I, I want to know this is going to be good, you know, at least on my part in doing what I need to do. And, um, you know, but as far as the systems, um, I, I just happened to be systems-minded, but I was always curious and always liked to learn. So, you know, the whole way I got into tech and systems was I was impatient for, uh, on waiting with, for the developers, right? Mm. So I was like, I'm going to log mm. in figure this email campaign shit out and I'm going to get it done in two days instead of waiting a week and a half. We don't have time for that. And I was never scared to break anything because it can all, it can always be fixed. Right? right. And so now with the business, like if, and I'm lazy, I don't, I don't like doing repetitive stuff. Maybe it's like my ADHD, but like I like to find the problem, fix it, hand it off. So I, I made myself learn automation and these different tools. And then anything that can't be automated I trust my team and my people to just handle it, you know?
3: So let's talk about that a little more. Like, what are some different ways someone could automate their business to be more efficient and effective with their time management?
1: I think that, like, what annoys me is when people don't have a scheduling link to book a call. (laughs) So, like, you're going to invite me to your shit, and we're going to go back and forth figuring out a time. Like, no, you're never going to get me to show up and participate. I don't have time to go back and forth with you. But, you know, it can be as simple as, like, a Calendly link, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, send me the link. I'll find a time that works for me. If not, I'll let you know what my times are. But that right there just makes it so much easier. You can automate, like, the reminders, email, text reminders, send, like, a follow-up thank you email automatically. And all you did was send a link, show up, you know, for your call, and then that's it. Um, What else do we automate? We automate, like, our onboarding for the program. So once somebody... Uh, purchases through our order form, they get their welcome emails, access, a check-in text, a welcome. That all happens automatically. Oh, right. I don't have to do Thank anything you. once somebody you know pays for the program, mm-hmm. and even though it's automated, we keep a human element. There's always somebody human there to like reply to you know anything they send in. But I think they really appreciate us like you know we have a text that goes out 45 minutes after they enroll. Like hey. Did you get your email? Do you have access? If you need anything, you know, reply to this text, and we'll get back to you within the next business day. Mm. Damn, that's
2: no, that's amazing. Like I said, to see the to see all the things you've done these past specifically this past year has been crazy. But something that I really like that you said is like with the calendar. I can I can know.
3: You, you
2: said it. The links. So like this is something this conversation we had recently because a lot of times creators or business people they reach out to you and be like hey, uh, I want to schedule this and that. And they'll say, what time works for you? And like, my, I feel like a lot yeah, of, that's the that's the worst thing yeah. I think you can say to somebody, specifically somebody that's busy, because it's like, yeah. no time works best for me. Just tell me. So for the people that's listening to this, if you want to connect with somebody, just tell them like, are you free this day, this time? Just give mm-hmm. them a date. And they'll be like, yes or no. Yeah, don't say what time works for you. Because I was like, shit, I don't know. It's, I gotta, it's open. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta, I'm always doing something. Yeah. So I might not reply fast enough for you. So, that's definitely uh I like that you said that but um moving on I want to talk about because I know you, you I seen you on Twitter talking about this recently as well hitting that one million and yes, <laughs> yeah. Deanna, you hilarious this <laughs> hitting, that, hitting that one hitting that one million goal for for what was that for a year in, in within yeah, a year yeah
1: this year so I'm pretty like. I'm a bit stoic in the sense of, like, I don't care if we hit a million this year. Like, okay. it would be cool. It would be great. I would be really happy about it. But if it doesn't happen this year, I'm not going to beat myself right. up about it. Like, grossing a million or not grossing a million doesn't mean anything about me, really? my talent, my passion, anything like that. Uh, for me, it's more so, you know, in this journey and, like, proclaiming that, like, I want a multi-million or 1000000000 dollars business, whatever the case may be. Like, it's the first time where... I've said it and I can actually see it happening. And so it's a little bit of a trip to sit here and decide, do we want to put the effort and money behind hitting a million this year, or do we want to chill and what happens happens, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. But, um, you know, it's a a big milestone. I think I'm the first in my family, probably for generations to have a million dollar business. I'm the first in my family to have trademarks and like intellectual property in that sense. And so it's, you know, it's a little bit of a trip to, <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, to to have those things. And I've always hoped that, like, I would be the person that would like change the trajectory of my family and like help them, not even really build up a name, but just be solid and okay. You know, at least future generations. Or like, I think about my parents or like my boyfriend's parents and stuff. And when they get older, I don't. Our culture is like, I don't want to put them in a home. They home. like they're staying with yeah, us. What like no. what are you talking about? Yeah. You know. And I want to be able to be more than comfortable when that happens and make sure that, like, my parents, his parents are taken care of, our kids, if anything were to happen. Um, you know, it's like, those are really the things that drive me in addition to my team. And so, you know, I feel like on social media, like, we all get, like, a lot of hate for, like, not being decked out in, like, brand names and shit like that. But... Where I put my, and like, I have no judgment against that. I don't care what people wear, what you yeah, do yeah. with your money. That's yeah. your business, you know? But um, for me, my flex is my team, you know? Like, That's a bar. My mm-hmm. flex is my team. My core team is all black women. And it's not just like light-skinned, you know, black <laughs> women or mixed black women, <laughs> you know? We're very diverse bar. in that sense. We're small but mighty. But, like our minimum hourly rate is 25 an hour. And, like, that's what I'm proud of. That's my flex, you know? And it's a safe environment for them to work at. If someone's not feeling good, I tell them, log off. We got you. You know, log off. We got you. We'll pick up the slack for the day. Take care of yourself, you know? So, for me, that's what I'm proud of. That's my flex. And, you know, all the other shit. It's like, (laughs) I, I don't know, maybe this is weird, but I feel like once you can, like, afford all those things you dreamed of you kind of don't want it anymore cuz you can see like the different ways like your money has an impact and mm-hmm. stuff and so that's what you right. know i'd feel like an asshole sitting here decked out in like designer and like i'm paying my team like crumbs
2: yeah that's
1: <laughs> that doesn't sit right with me
2: no, i'll I you but you're exactly right like once you come up especially when you broke i know me when i was broke i used to think of all these things i wanted like i want to get this car this 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 and then when you get the money to actually afford it it's like you don't get these things yeah. it's like that need but i, I think it go, it ties down to like all the the growth and character building during that process where you when you, you feel like before you get that stuff you feel like i need this to feel like somebody right you feel like you need that stuff yeah. and then when you do all the character building to get to that point you know you don't need that stuff no more like to have it Okay, it's cool. But I know I don't need it. I know who I am with or without me having this on.
1: And I also think about, like, investing it. Like, all right, I can, like, blow, you know, a bag on whatever it is, a nice car or a big-ass house or whatever. But when I think about, like, reinvesting it, I'm like, I'm willing to wait and chill and, like, put it all back into the business, wait a couple years and, like, really ball out and still be able to do what I want to do and have my, you know, dope team and company they have a couple toys and stuff. But, you know, like you said, like, none of that none of that shit means anything to me at the end of the day. Like, it doesn't make me who I am. You know, I'm solid with or without yep. that stuff. Yep. You know? mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: No, something I wanted you to touch on because I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs really realize this but being the CEO of a company, it comes with a shift in mindset. Like it's no longer just you, like you really like how you've been talking about your team throughout this entire conversation. That's what it's all about. Like your team is the driving force of the the success of your business. You have the vision, but they put in the work. So for you, like where did the mindset shift happen for you and what has been like some of the biggest challenges like leading your team through all of this?
1: You know, my team's awesome. Like, I've been blessed where we don't have too many challenges. Like, they're really, they really see my vision and buy into it and want to support it. And they're all entrepreneurial. They do, like, their side stuff. You know, I don't, I'm never going to get in the way of anyone's bag when it comes to that. And, you know, I give them referrals, you know, to people (laughs) like, sure, you know. (laughs) Like, as long as our stuff is done and done done on time, I don't care when you log in. I don't want to know. You don't have to give me updates, like. I want our clients happy, and whatever you agree to do, just do it when you say you'll do it, and it's cool. If I have to step in and check on shit, that's when I'm annoyed, right? (laughs) Not that I didn't hear from you, it's, why is this late? Why isn't this done? Um, But I realized, like, I had to prioritize hiring when I was dropping the ball with clients. You know, like, I wasn't missing things that were due, but I was cutting it close. And I always like to be ahead of the curve and like over deliver. And like, if I say I'm going to do it in seven days, we really send it to you in four days, Four days,
2: right?
0: So
1: I saw myself cutting it close. And then also for the third time falling back into working all those hours, working all the time. And I just, like I said, I'm not available to do that anymore. I said, my, I value family. My priority is family, my son. So I need to hire. We have the money to hire. It's worth it. You know, just, being able to step away and go play video games with my kid. If he's not feeling well or he needs me, you know, I would cut my salary to $2,000 a month to, you know, be able yeah. to keep that and have that. Mm-hmm.
2: But mindset, this, you know, this is the main of mindset. We talk about mindset all the time, and you being a mindset coach. So what's the, some of the things that people that start business, like when it comes to mindset, what they're lacking or something that they may not understand? What do you think that with, with most entrepreneurs or business people?
1: the biggest thing i see is like i'm an imposter imposter syndrome imposter syndrome is a mother yeah and so i you know this isn't something i came up with uh it's in i forgot the name of the book but the author is denise duffield thomas and basically in the book in like one of the first chapters she's like who asked you to be an expert <laughs> right like who asked you to be an expert and to know everything you know think of yourself as a contributor to the conversation add your experience add your ideas to the conversation but no one's asking you to be an expert and so an exercise i have some of our clients do is like okay you think you need to be an expert make a list of what an expert is right in your industry or in your role what you do so they'll make that list and i go okay now think to, uh, think about all the clients who you've worked with and those sales calls you've had or like putting contracts together did they ask for any of these things that's on that list no mm. So why are you worried about being an expert? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, I, you know, our program is mostly black women. And so a big thing I notice is pricing. They're very scared to charge what their value is. And so, you know, there's a lot of coaching in that regard. Like, there's no question about your value or your worthiness when it comes to pricing. And I think being able to um, kind of, like, open the curtain for them and let them see, like, look, your competition who's mediocre is charging five times what you're charging and their clients pay it without Without blinking before work even starts. You know, they pay it right away. away. And so knowing that, and then again, we have like another exercise with the pricing calculator and I, it basically shows them if you don't charge this much, you're actually coming out of pocket to help your clients get results or have a transformation. So like, you know, this isn't like, I say this all the time, like the church asked for 10% and you're not even asking for that, you know? So at least, at least pay yourself to cover, you know, your business expenses and your lifestyle expenses yeah. or else what you have a job to make your clients successful. Like, that's not how business works. And your, your right clients don't want that for you. They want you to succeed and to grow and to blossom and to really like live your best life. So when you come to work with them, you have good energy and you're not, you know, ghosting or fucking shit up you know so it's it takes work but once they get it they get it and then they stand very solid in it yeah
3: and on that note because something you mentioned that you did in the beginning was you offered your clients a low barrier um to entry to get Mm -hmm. access to your stuff and then you over deliver do you recommend um entrepreneurs or service-based businesses take that route of cutting themselves short in the beginning and then raising their rates
1: You know, it's effective. I think I did that because I had to prove myself to my audience. You know, I was giving like a lot of free game on Twitter. I did a bunch of free consult calls, then the paid consults, but I'd never done a course before. And so I was confident in my ability and my experience to say like, come check me out, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. see what, see what I'm about, see what I'm doing. You know, let's see, you know, if it's worth it. And, you know, everybody says like, it's too low, raise the price, raise the price, blah, 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 mm-hmm. whatever. But it it wasn't a money grab for me. It was more so like an authority and expert play, you know, mm-hmm. like. And I only put a price behind it because I wanted to make back what I put into it. But I also, um, I wanted them to take action with it and take it seriously, you know. And then what happened, what I didn't even realize, what I discounted in my audience was, On our first launch, 30% of people who bought, and we went like to a four to five figure price point, uh, 30% of people who bought, bought that $20 course and program. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, that wasn't any indication of what people are willing to spend. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, that's what helped me decide like no more freebies. You know, I'll Mm -hmm. do like lower ticket stuff, but I want that more serious audience who's going to take the steps and take the action and then have a really great experience, get their results, and then move to the next level with me if that's what they want to do.
2: I, I was going to say, I think it. in my opinion, I think a lot of this stuff boils down to confidence because something I've analyzed, kind of studied, and experienced is within business, and if some people may disagree with this, I think arrogance wins in business. Like, I feel like... <laughs> Do you see the people that's most arrogant? And I'll say arrogant. I don't mean treating people like shit. I just right. mean the people that's fully confident in what their ser- service is, whatever their business is, and they move that way. They always win. And when you kind of your, – your confidence is shaky, you kind of unsure, people can read it, they mm-hmm. see it, and they're like, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to fuck with this right here. He don't seem like he – but the people that's like, no, nah, this is what it is. I'm charging this. I know my shit. They win. And when it comes to business, they win all the time, especially mm-hmm. if they stay consistent. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people – they just got to get more confident. But I think confidence comes from knowing knowing your shit, first of all. Whatever you're doing, yeah. kind of, like, knowing that. What you think?
1: I think that plays a part in it. But, like, even from a young age, like, you couldn't tell me anything about right. me that I didn't believe about myself already. Yeah. And, like, right. even now in business, say whatever you want to say about me, but you can't talk about, like, my business skill, my acumen, how I run my business, like, you can say what you want, but it's not going to shake me in any way, shape or form. I know I can have a conversation with anyone who has a business and help them with whatever, right. at least if it's ideas. And then also I've never been thirsty for anyone's money. Like you annoy me the slightest. <laughs> take your money back. Please like, yeah. Please take your money back. I don't care what the price point is. Like you're not, you're not fucking up my energy and our flow and our group and stuff. You know, it's, it's nothing personal against you, which is not a match. It's not aligned. But you're not going to disturb my peace. I don't care how much money you think you paid me. None of it's ever worth it. But, you know, I do agree with you. It's, you can't tell me anything (laughs) about me when it comes to business or anything that I've put, you know, the time, effort, experience, and investment in. I know know I'm the shit when it comes to this. And if it bothers people, that's for you to deal with. That has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with me.
2: No, that's a bar, how you talked about not being thirsty for money. Yeah. You can never be thirsty for money. Like, I think when you're thirsty for it, I think the more thirst you have for it, the more you push it away. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to move in your purpose. And the money will naturally come, I believe. Move in your purpose with intention. And the money will come. Especially if you're in a business, service-based business. You ain't got to worry about money if you're in your purpose with attention and consistent. Yeah. But the more you're like, I need money, I need money, you ain't going to never get the shit.
1: That's how you attract like those clients who are needy or a pain in the ass or difficult (laughs) to deal with. I'm big on energy, you know, but if you if you're convicted in like what you say you're going to do, the how doesn't matter. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck on the how you don't even have enough experience to figure out the how. Right. So if you just trust like with hitting a million, I know we're going to hit a million this year, next year whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. But I know we're going to do a million. You can't tell me anything. I don't care what the statistics say. It it doesn't exist for me. Right. Like I've got blinders on. We're going to do at least a million in a year and keep growing from there. And so I think with having that energy, that confidence, that belief, like it's going to happen regardless, it's going to happen. Things are going to fall in line to happen. I made the decision. I believe in it. And I've done enough of like the mindset work to not even allow the thoughts, you know, those, like, those thoughts that come in to, like, talk you out of your game or talk you out of what you want. Like, I'm at the point where, like, it doesn't even happen anymore. I know we're going to hit it. When yeah. it happens, it happens. I'm detached, you know, from when it happens. And you
2: also doing the work. Like, there's no delusion based right. in that. Because there, be there might be somebody that see this and be like, okay, maybe I just need to be confident and say, I'm going to make a million dollars <laughs> and make a million dollars and sit their ass at home all day. <laughs> where it's like, you out here doing the work, so you go yeah. and hit it. So it's like, you got to do the work, too. Don't just... Because a lot of people, when you talk about laws of attraction and stuff like that, it's like, just law of attraction, I, I need feel to meditate, good. <laughs> I need to feel good, I need to do this, I need to not go out, I need to not drink, I need to not party. But they're not doing no goddamn work.
1: You know, I don't think law of attraction is about limiting things either. Right. You know, people think you have to, like, lock yourself in a room for 26... <laughs> um, they're not 26 hours in a day, but you know what I mean.
2: It's um, the one. it's the one. But, you
1: know, I think, like, I think what people miss when it comes to like law of attraction manifesting or just getting what you want. It's you don't prioritize the hard work and burn yourself out. What I've learned is you prioritize like your self care, your happiness, your energy. And that's what makes the work easier to do when it's come to sit your ass down and get what you need to done what we need to get done done. Mm -hmm. And so I think people take out all these things that they enjoy, and then they burn themselves out. They're miserable, they get anxious, depressed. And again, those aren't the roots of like depression and anxiety, right, 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 right. but it can add to Absolutely. that, you know? And so when my clients are like stuck with content or they're not, you know, I'm not getting enough clients, things like that. I'm like, when's the last time you had fun? When's the last time you laughed? Right. And they they don't have an answer. And I'm like, yeah, you're stuck with copy because you don't have anything to write about. You're not living your life. You're sitting here behind the computer nope. doing everything for everyone else and you're not doing anything for yourself. So yeah, like I would be pissed off all the time and blocked too. See um and I think what people underestimate is that it's pretty easy to win and have success because your competition really sucks at like core basic things, you know, whether it's like just replying to emails in a timely manner or doing what you said you're gonna do when you're gonna do it or hey, I fucked something up or I'm late, but I'm telling you within enough time so we can course correct and fix it. I don't think mistakes are the problem. I think mm-hmm. it's when mistakes are communicated that's the problem. Because like, mm-hmm. you would have told me this two weeks ago. We could have figured it out and like, <laughs> it would have been fine, but you waited till it's due. And now I'm like, yeah. you know, I, got, I had shit relying on that. So, you know, like, I think you can be mediocre and have great customer service and integrity and make a killing. Make a killing. Like it's not really about your talent, your passion. You're better than somebody else when it comes to this skill. It's how do you make your clients feel? Can they trust that you're take your like? If I give it to aria I know it's taken care of. You know, if when people sign up for my shit, they know she's gonna show up when she says she's gonna show up. She's gonna do everything. She sold us. You know, that goes way longer than like I'm not the best coach in the world. I don't know everything about mindset. I don't know everything about business. But, you know, that that experience that they get and being able to rely on me goes way further, way further. than anything I could coach them on. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But something else that I, that I really like that you said is, what I, and something I noticed too, a lot of them people deprive themselves of having fun because it's like you read books and it's like you don't need to do this you just lock yourself in a room when it's like the reality of it could be what's fun to you might be the inspiration for you. Because I know me personally, right, I might have moments where I'm locked in, doing what I'm doing. But it's like, all right, I need some inspiration. And I know what right. inspires me is being out and seeing certain shit. Seeing I'm outside. I'm seeing somebody <laughs> I'm seeing somebody in a Rolls Royce yeah. uh, Ferrari and I like dressing nice, me and some new you know, <laughs> know what I'm saying, some new shoes, some new shirt. I'm like, that that inspires me to do more yeah. now. Going on vacation, yep. having a dope ass vacation. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's so people what I'm saying is people that's like, I need to stay in the crib, it's like go out. See different things because you, you can't – it's hard to get inspiration when you're locked in the crib all day and just yeah. not doing nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I definitely think there's, like, a time and place where it is important to lock down and lock yeah, yourself yeah. in the room. Like, if you're wilding and out and just, like, going downhill and spiraling, then, yeah.
2: Yeah, you need to sit your ass down.
1: Yeah, you know, sit down and take that six months and just – even the intention and, like, the small action of improving yourself is impactful and, right. has, you know, is exponential in your growth. Or just saying, like, you know what? Instead of partying every day, maybe I'll go out like once or twice a week. <laughs> you know, and then that other time, you know, I'll learn something new. You can't lose when you're, you know, improving your education and experience, Damn. or just having curiosity to learn new things. Like
0: Damn.
1: on Twitter, I see people talking about things all the time, and I just Google, like, what is this? You know, and if I'm interested, I'll pursue it. I'll get more books, or you know, check out some stuff about it. And if not. You know, it's not for me. That doesn't mean it's useless to me. It's I may know somebody who might be interested about that. Oh, I saw this person talking about it. I don't know what they do, but, you know, go check them out. That could be a starting point. And so, you know, I think, I think your only failure really is not trying, you know, talking yourself out of doing something before even trying it or um, saying, like, I feel like at the point where if I know everything, I feel like I know everything about business and coaching, that's when I need to quit. Cause that's where there's no more growth. That's where I'm not coachable anymore. That's where I'm going to start really fucking up and getting ahead <laughs> of myself. You know, but I feel like as long as you're curious to learn, improve, and grow, you're like, how can you lose? You know, how can you lose? You can't. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, when it comes to being an entrepreneur and a business owner, there's no Mm one-size-fits-all. Like, everybody's experiences are going to be unique to whatever type of business that they have. And I think people need to quit focusing on trying to be the stereotypical entrepreneur, like, doing everything they see these self-help gurus telling them to do and being by the book. But... That's what I love about your brand so much is that you are very authentic and you're very Mm -hmm. transparent about what it looks for for you to be a woman, a mother, and a business owner. But I do want you to dive into this whole rebrand that you've had (laughs) over the last few months. But before we go into that, I'm going to bring up our first sponsor for the show. Wow. Yes. Great (laughs) Which is going to be the Keys to Podcasting course. So if you guys don't know, if you haven't heard yet, me and Xavier are launching the Keys to Podcasting course, which is pretty much your guide on how to lo- launch a successful podcast. Um, it goes over the fundamentals of podcasting, how to find your niche, um, building a loyal audience base, marketing strategies, interview tactics, and so much more. And how to writing. make money. How to Make no, Money Podcasting, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's so people much more. That. And right now it is on pre-sale for $249.99. Yep. Um, it's going to officially launch on August 1st. And at that point, the price is going up to $399.99. So get yeah. it right now while it's on pre-sale. So definitely make sure you guys check it out. It's going to be at www.thekeyspodcasting.com.
2: Yeah. And, this, and this is something that, you know, it's something I never really wanted to release because I wanted to keep these secrets and tips to myself. Yeah. To be yeah. brutally honest, yeah. people ask be asking me, I'd be like, oh, this shit I did from experience, I don't want to tell people everything. Yeah. But, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I mean... I ain't, I ain't worried about nothing, so Why we not? gonna do it. Why not? We are who we We're are.
3: Gonna
2: <laughs> but uh, so getting back, getting get, getting back to Ari for a second. So you want to I say something expression. first? Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah,
3: the rebrand. Ms. What Le- do you want to <laughs> know? <laughs> no, nah, that's been that's been a one. No, has been, been amazing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. from the new content, the pictures, that's the way you're doing everything. Can you just dive into pretty much like what that's all, how it's all came about, the new website, all of that?
1: Yeah. Um. I think I just, and again, like like I said, I'm seven I'm this is my seventh year of business, yeah. you know, and so I just feel like I finally found my flow and where I feel like good and happy and aligned. And once I got that feeling, it's like everything started falling into place, like my program taking off, meeting my boyfriend, you yep. know just everything just started to work and make sense. and I think it was really me being in the energy of like, this, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to triple down on. If I put all my money into it and lose it all, I'm okay with that because this, you know, this was it for me. This was the thing I really wanted to do. Um, and so making that decision and finding, like, this is my thing. This is it. This is where, like, I finally found, like, that thing I'm passionate about. It was a no-brainer to just really take it seriously and start investing, you know, in the brand and the look and everything. Do I think those things, like, make me a better coach and make my program better? My new website, no. (laughs) You know, no. I think at a certain point, like, it makes sense to do those things, but I don't think it's the thing that, like, you know, I I had a a shitty application page when I launched and barely any, like, emails, nothing we have set up now. Um, You know, I think it's just the intent and the energy behind it. Um, But, you know, the rebrand is from – If I'm going to take this to multiple millions, then I need to look like a company that's multiple millions, you know? I need to stop playing solo freelancer and play CEO now. I don't Mm. know what that looks like, but shit. I'm a CEO and this is how I'm going to do it. it. I don't care how anybody else does it. This is how I'm going to do it. And I I think it speaks to, I don't know, I think it makes my clients feel more comfortable seeing like, oh, she invests in her business. You know, she invests, like, I delivered all the curriculum for the program, and I paid somebody almost $20,000 to redo it in my other program. You know, like a curriculum designer, this is how people learn, these are the three different learning styles, Uh, you know, this is how to set it up for people with ADHD, all these things, and so, you know, I want to make it way more accessible and put it, restructure in a way where it's easier to get results for people, because... I delivered it in the way that I learn and I like to, you know, consume content and trainings, but I'm leaving out a whole bunch of other people who just don't think that way or process information that way. And so, you know, I think, I don't know. I think it was just time to get serious about my goals and what I said I was going to do. It just, it felt right. You know, any investment I made, I wasn't scared to do it. I was like, no, I feel solid. I feel right. If it doesn't work out, I'm okay with that. But this feels like the right step. Mm. Well, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. You could tell. <laughs> yeah. But you could tell just
2: from the outside looking in, you could tell you you've uh pretty hit like, a real good groove and you yeah. found mm-hmm. your like that balance. You could just tell from the outside looking in. Like you, yeah. I can see it. Yeah.
1: I feel like I've changed a lot like in the last year or yeah. so you know, I just I feel completely different like on a whole different vibe. But again, yeah. like I'm really happy and things just fell into place, you know? Like everything yeah. is working right now and like I I always want to stay in that energy of like, it can be this simple, this easy, it can flow this well, and I'm human, you know, I regress back to like, what if it all falls apart? What if everybody leaves the program and I can't pay my team, you know? But I think the important thing is not staying in those thoughts and also having people around you to help get you out of that and be like, you're insane right now. Like, they love it. They're here for you. They love the program. Like it's only gonna get bigger and better. You know, it's Mm. really important to have like that support system for those moments you're tripping. (laughs) Because that's
3: something we do. Like we hype Mm. each other up all the time like before we come come to record like you know we're giving each other praise like Mm -hmm. man you about to do great today you (laughs) about to do this like like. oh i see you like without it but that stuff goes a long way in like boosting your confidence and really like helping you release all those doubts like because we like you said we're human we all get afraid sometimes we all have doubts especially when we're doing something we don't see People in our family, the average person, right, doing right. so with that, it, it definitely is heavy. It's a lot to have on your shoulders. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. So
2: you trailblazer.
3: Yeah, you are. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely glad you found a way, mm-hmm. in some <laughs> shape or form, to manage it.
2: Yeah, and no blueprint. You know?
3: So that's the, and that's the craziest part about <laughs> yeah. all this,
2: because I mean, obviously you got other people that you can see online that may be doing something similar, but it's different when it's like. Somebody that might have been raised in it or they know somebody firsthand, it's like they really have a blueprint they can follow. But everything else, when you knew this, you're doing this off experience, trial and error. Mm -hmm. A lot of shit don't work oftentimes. You're gonna lose
1: money like it's a given. But for every dollar you lose, I feel like you're gonna get three, four times back because. What's more, what I feel what's more valuable to me than like doing well and something working is fucking up something or or something flopping. I learn way more from that. That's way more useful to me than when things just like, oh, everything's working. If everything's working and that's my sign, like I'm playing it too safe. I'm playing it too safe. I know it's going to work. So with our virtual conference, you know, I made like safe goals and we blew past them. We had six different percentages for enrollment. We blew past all six. So I'm like, damn, <laughs> should have yeah. shot higher, but this could have been so much bigger. I could have spent more and it would have worked well. But it's, you know, it's really like cu- getting over your own shit and being okay to go there and being okay with this isn't, if this doesn't work, it's cool. It's fine.
2: Let's, <laughs>
1: let's get into the comp. Right, right. Like,
2: <laughs> you talking about blowing pe- like. Blowing past your expectations, when I caught on to it and I found out about it, I told the... I said, oh, yeah. We shoot. had a long this, yeah, had, I said, about this is about to. This is about to be crazy. Just because I seen everything you was doing, and I seen... When I seen the website, and I seen the funnels that you had set up, I said, this is fucking brilliant. You know, I that's told that's that's Deanna, I'm like, this is... We, we said the same thing. We're like, this is brilliant. Yeah. So, like, go go. go no, go I was ahead, gonna
3: say, like, it was just so strategically put together. It's yeah. just down from the guest list. Like, of course, these are people... Yeah. you've coached and you've helped yeah. get to where they've gone to and now here they are talking about their experience their experiences. And just providing game and vouching on behalf of Allergics. and now you're funneling people i was just like this yeah. is amazing like, yeah i was like i gave you yeah. i was
2: applauding i was like man you weren't even there to see it but i was like this is this is amazing right here for real so like like um how you put that together what was the um like what was the mindset behind it my coach my
1: coach it was part of her program and like I was against conferences and summits because my experience with them is it's always one type of person right it's very cookie cutter the panel is like always like white right like it is what it is and so I like I want to learn from those people but it's different when you can like relate to the people who are up there like I've never been able to like get a big enough tax return or have a a high enough credit card when I was getting started. No, that was never my reality. It's I could pay for internet and my laptop and then everything else has to be free to make this work and to make it shake. And so I was really against the virtual conference, but also I was like, you paid 20 K to be here. You need to use what you paid for. At least try it. If it's not for you, cool, you know, but How could you pay for this and not try it you know it's working for her it's working for other people just try it and make it fun for yourself right so she gave us like the whole system you know i've been to her virtual conferences i see how she put everything together and i think the value in coaches is that you get to see what they did and like the money they put behind it right and like how they set everything up you get to learn from their mistakes and everything so i was already 10 steps ahead of the game because here's the best way to do this from our experience. And so for me, it was just, it was it was so easy to put together. It was an easy launch. Again, everything just flowed and aligned, and it wasn't stressful or pushing against anything. And um, my intent with it was like, great, it's cool if we enroll people. I know our break-even number. You know, we have our goals and stuff. But what I really wanted was, I wanted somewhere for black women to come and, like, feel seen. They can be themselves, no code switching. And whether they apply or enroll, whatever, they at least walk away with action steps, breakthroughs, and just having, like, a good-ass time at that virtual conference. And so I think we accomplished that, you know? <laughs> we, you know we got people to enroll and stuff. But, you know, the goal was just, like, I just want to show them, like, a really good time, good time and just give them, you know, give black women something for black women. You know, uh-huh. where like it's safe here, you can relate, you see yourself up there, and you know, just have a good time.
2: Um people you I seen you talk about job. it. They they talked about they had a they had a great time. Yeah. So no salute to you. That was that was like I said, when I seen the play from afar, I'm like, man, this <laughs> already right, doing a damn thing.
3: But uh, something I wanted to ask you, because just from everything you've been talking about and all the game you've given out over the years to us, to your audience, like, you've never been afraid to share information. And that's what I love about you the most. Like, you put it out there, you let people do what they do with it, and then you just go with the flow. So what's the mentality behind that for you? Because there's a lot of people, like, who would never share half the stuff you talk about, just having that scarcity mindset, want to keep it all for themselves. You know i think
1: my ultimate goal is like i want to see black people win you know so like i don't mind sharing with you what works what i've seen work what makes me happy is like if i have a conversation with you, you walk away with at least you're aware of something new or like i helped you solve a problem or get you unstuck like that's why i do it like i've never asked anybody for anything in return I started charging for consults and coaching just because, like, all right, shit, I got bills too, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But outside of that, like, you know, we don't really ask for testimonials unless it's, like, long form for the sales page, right? But, you know, everything you see on social media, like, we don't ask for that stuff. It's just, you know, from our clients and, like, the experience that they're having. And, you know, I, I firmly believe, like, you can't take away what's meant for me. You know, I don't care who you are. You can't take away what's meant for me. So with that in mind, why wouldn't I tell you everything you need to know, you know, Mm -hmm. to be successful or to, like, take that next step or to get unstuck, you know? It's not taking anything away from me. It's not going to hurt me. I want you to do better than me, you know? Like, that Mm -hmm. just makes our whole little network and crew, you know, more successful and stuff. And um, when I was getting started, like, I wish... I wish there were people talking more about things and stop being so secretive. I couldn't afford like, you know, the $50,000 masterminds, Masterminds you know, and stuff stuff like that. I couldn't get into those rooms or when I would go with clients into those rooms, you know, it's, especially being a woman, right? Being a woman, being smart, being curvy, you know, (laughs) there's like a certain type of attention that comes with that and people don't take you seriously or they get disrespectful Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I like, I wasn't comfortable in those environments. Like it wasn't for me, you know, it wasn't a safe environment for me. And so, you know, I just put out there what I wish I would have had, you know, I wish someone would just be like, look, this is how you do it. This is what's going on. You know, try it. Like, these are my steps. My steps probably won't work for you, but you at least have something to go off of. And if you're willing to experiment, fuck up a little bit, (laughs) lose a little money. But if you keep going, it's going to work out. If you trust that it's going to work out for you.
2: Oh, that's game, and fuck having fuck ups. That's just part of the game. And yeah. me personally, I don't learn until I fuck up. Right. Like and I, everything could, the ball could be rolling hit. great. I'm hard headed. I need <laughs> my ass need to hit the ground, face hard, and then be like, damn, okay, now I know what it is. And mm-hmm. it, it sucks that it had to be that way, but like a lot of times I can see from other people's mistakes. That's why I kind of feel like I got to where I am today, just from watching. All the siblings, all the family members mistakes they made is going a different route but when you' the first out doing something specifically on your own I need to see I need to experience it myself for me to be like okay
1: yeah
2: I know what it is now this is what I need to do we're gonna make a reroute all this kind of shit
1: yeah I mean on my my uh, my biological father's side there's generations of alcoholics and so my my dad's kids us we're the first generation to not have Alcoholics, alcoholics. At least not yet, you know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's no there's no alcoholics currently amongst like the siblings from my dad and then my I hate saying stepdad, right? But you know, my right. other dad, he raised me and he was the one to break, you know, that stuff and his dad lost everything in the crack era. Like his whole family was entrepreneurial, they had trucking companies, his dad was um, an optometrist and had a really successful business. Crack epidemic happened, and he literally, like, a gr- um, I think it was his grandfather had 13 kids total. They All 13 kids fucked off the dad's trucking company. They lost land, property, like, decimated and affected my dad, where my dad, like, grew up really poor. Single mom, because his dad was out in the streets running Dang. around, high, drunk, you know, lost everything. And so that really changed, you know, the trajectory for my dad, you know, it inspired him to, you know, become a Marine and, you know, go to college and really make the best for himself. And then luckily, you know, my mom married him and I got, <laughs> cause things could have been way different for been me. Way different, you know, right? my mom is an immigrant. She's from Brazil and she came here at a young age. She got pregnant at 18. So like, according to the stats, I should have three kids right now be under you know living under the poverty line right you know uh, struggling and having it really hard and difficult and you know between both of my parents like you know they're amazing as far as like their work ethic and the values they instilled in us the discipline you know a latin mom and a marine dad like <laughs> you know they like I'm not getting away with shit um, but, you know, just seeing how hard they worked and what they put into everything and being there for us as much as they could, you know, it's like it's inspiring to see that. Like they had it way more difficult than I yeah. do. You know, they didn't yeah. have Internet back at that time. And I feel like the Internet's helped in like a made the, the playing field a little bit more even. You know, yeah. it's a little bit easier for us to like step in and shake things up and have impact.
2: We have it so much. That's. I'm glad you said that, cause I hate when people, in our in this in this day and age, complain about the hard times they have mm-hmm. as a business person entrepreneur. I'm like, man, we got so, technology has advanced so much. Yeah. Well, I could sit at home all day if I wanted to, mm-hmm. do what I need to do, make a couple posts, and make some <laughs> yeah. fucking money. Like my yeah. grandparents gonna do that. My granddad, he worked he worked like in a factory, mm-hmm. his whole life, and when he went, by the time he passed, he had a lot of money, but the amount of money that he probably made in a month, I could make in a couple days if I yeah. just do the right things for social minutes, media. They, like, like, that's why I'm like, yo, y'all just not get, y'all gotta take advantage of the, the the opportunities we have. We have an abundance of opportunities. Yeah.
1: And you know, I think when you say that, it's I think what people get wrong is like when we say things like that, it's not to say like ignore very real things right, like right, systemic right. oppression right. and racism and stuff and like obviously me being mixed race. I have my own privilege, you know, with all that stuff. And so, you know, but when I think about myself, I'll just speak for myself. I know the stats. I know what I'm up against. And so when I look myself in the mirror, it's what are you going to do about it? Don't
2: about it? Are you going to, yeah.
1: you know, succumb to that? or Are you going to do everything you can Yard. to get out of that? And it sucks and it's unfair and there's shitty things that yeah. happen without a doubt, but... You know, as far as my personality and how I am, you know, nothing is going to stop me. Like, what you're going like, to have to shoot me before I stop going for what I want to go for. It's
2: not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I I, I can't make an excuse. My father, he raised me not to make excuses, to, yeah. to take accountability. Mm-hmm. Both my granddads, they both have money. And they, so if I'm making excuses in 2021 about why I can't do something, and they was in the 40s, mm-hmm. 50s, the 30s. Doing what they had to do to make things happen when it was really, really, really real.
0: Right.
2: It's like what, like what can I say? But speaking, speaking. I don't know why this just <laughs> crossed my mind. Speaking <laughs> on my, because this is, I think this is an important note. Speaking on my granddad. So my granddad passed in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Hmm. He got somebody broke in his house, beat him up, robbed him, and he died in the hospital like the wow. next day. Yeah. So, but like I said, he had money or whatever, but he didn't have a will, right? Uh. So when he died, like, and my mom. She wasn't biologically his daughter, mm. so when they tried to do whatever they tried to do, didn't work out. nobody never seen a dime of that money mm-hmm. since he. And he, that was like I said, it was like fifteen, sixteen years ago. Yeah. So that's just a, how important it is. Go get a wheel. y'all. Watch this. You went and got some money, get that paperwork <laughs> right because when you go, it makes it so much harder to. Like I said, my mom, they still ain't. They ain't seen a penny since mm-hmm. they don't know. They don't even. They don't even know what happened to it. Right. So yeah i just want to say that
3: and even on that note um we got to take some responsibility too because yeah. like you're a mom we'll have kids one day but it's on us too to make sure all that stuff is in order so right, you know, right. don't put your kids in that position to where they are in probate court trying to figure out like right. you know x y z have everything set up have it all in writing have it all in a safe place yeah. and talk about these things mm-hmm. like I don't know why, like, in a black community, people are so <laughs> afraid to have these conversations about it's death. It's like taboo. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, you guys need to talk about these things and have a plan in place for if something was
1: happening. Because at the end of the day, we all going to go. All we all going to go. Yeah, I think, you know, my, my biological dad's side of the family, they're from Birmingham, Alabama. And so, as far as my experience, like, you don't talk about things like that because... You know, the thought is, like, you're going to bring death upon yourself. Right, right, you right. Talk right, right, about right. dying and things like that. But, you know, like, with my grandmother, we couldn't find her will. And I watched my my dad and my uncles fight over money. And, like, they still don't talk to each other this day. And that's nothing my grandmother would have wanted. Whoa. And then there were issues with me getting part of the inheritance, you know, and, like, them acting crazy with me. And I was, like, I was 15 when my grandmother passed. You know, she was my world. And so... You know, I it just, it makes things so much easier. Or like, even like, you know, with my boyfriend, we've talked about prenups and where we stand with that and just, you know, not taking those conversations personally or as an attack. But, you know, there's real consequences to not having those things in order or, you know, let's come to an agreement now while things are good. And if, because it's always a possibility, if we happen to get to the point where we don't want to be together. I don't want things to get ugly, right? It's in writing, it's in paper, we're good. You're not putting your investors or partners at any good type risk. of risk. Yep. You know, and so I think when people think about like prenups and agreements and stuff, they think you're setting yourself up for failure, but you don't you don't think that way when you get health insurance. insurance no, you know, it's insurance. I would rather have that in place than not have it. And it's the same with prenups yep. and wills. You're not wishing bad on yourself or anything it's, it's just should something go wrong should life life should <laughs> everything's life gonna life. be in order
2: nah. <laughs> that's hilarious We're good no nah, but um yeah i don't know. you got you anything else
3: no that's it for me yeah. i mean i think the moral of the story here is <laughs> work hard Take care of yourself and defy that. that,
2: No, I I love that. But before we let you go, Ari, do you mind just plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you? They want to become a client of yours, most importantly. All that good stuff, just plug it.
1: Yeah, if you want to learn more about our coaching program, it's allergictohourly.com. On Twitter, I'm allergic to hourly. Two is the number number two. two. If you're easily offended probably don't want to follow, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. And I don't talk about much of business things. You know, it's very much just me, stream of consciousness, Instagram allergic to Twitter, T.O. And that's, you know, those are the two places I mostly hang out. But yeah, come check and us out.
2: Before we wrap up, I just want to say you already know once again how much we appreciate you already. We got a little gift for you. Unfortunately, we didn't bring it with us. But, we gotta <laughs> give it to you later. but I, like I said, we, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to come out here and to come on the podcast with us. And, uh, and wrapping up, for those who don't know, you can follow me and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. And Dee, what's her info?
3: Yes, and you guys can follow me on Twitter at Deanna S. Kent. Instagram is Deanna Kent. And you can follow me on YouTube at Lessons in Life and Luxury. And
2: YouTube. Yeah. And don't forget to, I forgot to say this in the beginning, don't forget to like, subscribe, most importantly. Comment, comment share, share yes. all that good stuff on uh on Apple on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, everything. And that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all tun- t- tuning in to another episode of the Marina Mindset podcast. What's up? Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. <laughs> that's it. We good.